Hello and welcome to the Yo Dude podcast. My name is Patrick and today I'm joined by a very good friend of mine. She's a model uh, and a cosplayer. Please welcome Megan to the podcast. Megan, how are you? Hi, good, thanks. Thanks for having me. No worries. <laughs> thanks for coming on. Uh, I know you're very busy, so that would take too much of time. No, no, um, go for it. Yeah, so I guess for everyone that's listening, do you just want to give her who you are and what you do, just so that they're aware, because there might be people that aren't, aren't aware of you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, hey guys, my name is Megan, as Pat said. Um, I'm a, well, for, for a hobby really, I do cosplay, um, and I also work as a professional model. Um, those two actually kind of coincided at the same time, so it's a bit of a funny story we get to talk into that. Um, I also work as a professional makeup artist, um, freelance hairdresser, uh, stylist, and yeah, just working on um, creating fashion just like you do, so it's pretty awesome. <laughs> Got a lot of yeah. common. You're a, you're a master of some rather than a master of one sounds of it then. <laughs> yeah like average out on all tasks not like incredibly amazing on just particular like one <laughs> i don't know i guess it's a lot of experiences for one person considering how young you are so you know you've got your your hobbies which is like the cosplay uh which obviously you haven't been doing much of lately but yeah, then on exactly. the other side you've got like the modeling where you get to go around and um, you know, model clothes or whatever it is that you get to model, and then on top yeah. of that, you know, you've got the experience of being on the other side, where whereas you know, preparing the model or yeah, you know, yeah. getting them ready for the shoots and stuff like that. So it's a really unique uh, perception that you really get to have because you get both sides of the coin in a sense. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and it um, it's funny, and especially in Australia, it keeps you really connected in the industry. It's surprisingly small so um yeah the more friends you make the more opportunities you get to uh, be involved in so i mean if anyone's looking forward to getting into the industry i mean i definitely recommend having a play around with um what you like um, yeah yeah exploring those talents and creativeness (laughs) (laughs) yeah sort of like uh go go in the deep end and sort of see how it goes yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, so I guess the first sort of question that stems from it is, uh, which is, I think for the hobby side, a lot of people would know, but for, I guess for the modeling side, how did you really get into it? Because I know you said before that it was sort of coincide with each other. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like I was always interested in um, doing hair because I always had long hair back in the day. Um, and that kind of brought out my uh, love for more fashion and styling, um, particularly. And then I had a friend, she was a bit of a weeb, <laughs> I love her, my friend Cassie, she was like, oh, um, I really love Vocaloid, I'd love for you to um, crossplay, which is a form of cosplay, uh, with me. And there were two characters, uh, Ren and Lynn, they were twins. Um, Lynn was male, she was going to do Rin. And I looked at like the Vocaloid characters and I was like, oh yeah, screw doing Lin. Um, I'll cosplay Miku Hatsune, who's like the key focus. Uh, crazy <laughs> blue hair, I was like going in the deep end uh, with her massive wig. 
and, um, and I started doing cosplay and through cosplay I met like quite a few photographers and it's really funny because a lot of cosplay photographers they want to branch out of cosplay and do a lot of fashion so I was asked uh, by a friend at the time to do some modeling for him and I was like yeah absolutely apparently um, back then it was quite hard because everyone just wanted to photo shoot um, cosplay because um, cosplay is very different to modeling um, cosplay and for some people feels like you're um, moving away from who you are and what you look like and you're dressing up as someone completely different uh, where modeling um, it, it can be quite a bit more personal so some people especially in cosplay if you do cosplay to um, feel out an out-of-body sort of experience and become someone else um, modeling would be could be quite challenging for those people um, so I started doing modeling through that and um, I kept getting asked by a lot of other photographers and it was easy to meet photographers in cosplay because um, they have always been around um, and I started doing modeling through that built up my portfolio and um, started working with a few agencies so um, it, yeah, it's, it's very lucky. I do find that a lot of the work I did is uh, just right place, right time. But um, yeah. you can put yourself out there. I think through Facebook too, there's a lot of um, modeling jobs you can pick up that are professional and can pay quite well. So, <laughs> but, but it is, it's right place, right time. And with the modeling industry, you've just got to have the right look at the right time as well. So. Yeah, so it's almost very situational in a sense, but absolutely, yeah. Uh, just, just on the point you were saying, I guess you sort of made a distinguishing uh, aspect between modeling and cosplay, uh, in the sense of cosplay is, in its literal definition, uh, costume play. Yeah. Whereas you are taking on a persona of like a character, whereas uh, you're saying modeling is more. Uh, personal, in a sense. Do you yeah. Wanna, do you want to sort of reflect on that more? Just uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, there's a lot of like aspects to it too. Like I always um, try to talk to people about it because modeling seems like such a glamorous, um, fun, easy, uh, easy to a sense kind of thing to do. Um, I think when a lot of people jump in front of the camera, they realize how uncomfortable and self-conscious they get. Um, and that's quite, a, it can be quite a challenging thing and you might hear a lot of models, um, as I do, uh, being in the industry, um, facing a lot of uh, body images is usually the first thing um, because it's modelling is completely how you look. Um, but it's one of the big things is that um, you're not necessarily pretty as a model. There is a lot of pretty modelling, um, especially on Instagram is the best example. Um, people want to like look good and um, you know you, you might create more followers by being um, traditionally really pretty but modeling is in a sense depending on what style you're doing it's like you know you've got pin-up you've got um, commercial you're selling an item like you're trying to sell a style you might not particularly look amazing mind you pin-up models usually all look incredible but you might not uh, stand out, it's the clothing that needs to stand out. Or I do a lot of hair modelling, so it's not me. Sometimes I look a bit strange, uh, but it's so my hair stands out. Um, but a lot of the time, like, you're being a blank canvas. 
So you have to be comfortable with photos that don't necessarily look like you. Um, and I get that a lot. A lot of people are like, wow, the, the professional photos, they don't even look like you. Uh, but it is me. <laughs> and um, there's a lot of tricks to that. Like uh, for hair modeling, we want the focus to be the hair on your head. So they bleach your eyebrows. And you walk around with bleached eyebrows looking like a fool. Like like some people look incredible with bleached eyebrows, not going to lie. But um, my eyebrows are very dark. They bleach my eyebrows. They're literally like fluorescent yellow, uh, which could be a look, but it doesn't quite... <laughs> It uh, doesn't quite work with me, most of the time. Um, which is fine. You can just colour your eyebrows back and you're all good to go. But um, Or just shave them off. <laughs> or just shave them up. Uh, absolutely. But um, you have to be comfortable um, photo shooting with these bleached eyebrows that you're just like, oh my god, I look ridiculous. And like, I have looked ridiculous. Um, and these photos are going to be plastered in magazines, you know? Um, so it's something that you really have to be quite strong with because if you don't like those photos and they're being plastered out to the world, you know, that's like a really quick way to, <laughs> to really knock your confidence. So um, it's, it's not easy. And um, I mean, posing in itself, you have to look relaxed in really uncomfortable positions. I mean, that's kind of, I feel like that's just, you know, usual hard work. But um, it is quite funny how um demanding it can be and i think you kind of get that in acting and i find um personally for me acting is quite a bit harder than modeling um i can present myself with emotions for a photo but if i'm going to present myself uh for quite a very long amount of time in front of a ca um, camera <laughs> i think it's easier to pick up um how fake it could be i suppose um yeah. You sort of lose that uh the focus in a sense yeah absolutely it, it is it's just very quite different and uh, but acting has the same thing you know you publish something and it's just like a silly film and it wasn't as serious as it was and maybe the editing's a bit funny and it just throws the whole thing out um it can reflect poorly on yourself um i think uh, this movie was called but uh the character of hagrid he plays this, um, this like bear character and the movie's just wild um, but if you saw that you'd be like oh my gosh like this actor's a bit bit crazy like the film's like not that great uh, but then you see you know Harry Potter and you're just like wow I love his character Hagrid's amazing um, it, yeah it changes your perspective uh, perspective on um, how talented the person is and you know how good their work is because um, there's a lot of actors where they've been in some bad films but you could pick out like wow that's a really good actor though um, and I feel like that's a really hard thing to do yeah yeah um, definitely is a sort of the aspect of uh, that sort of ability that people have mm. and I think it's I think you're right in the sense that there is a lot of uh people that uh, misconstrue how difficult modeling can actually be as you mm. sort of you know you bleed out because it's not just a because sometimes it can be a physical toll um, but more often than not it's more the emotional and self-esteem yeah that, yeah um, it's it's very it not glamorous um yeah in that sense and um yeah it's funny because it seems like such an easy job but um 
yeah, it's not just about being pretty or, um, and some people do feel like they need to, um, because usually when you put out your size measurements for an agency, you need to maintain those measurements. But um, people are being more encouraged now, sorry, models are being encouraged more now because you just don't know what jobs around the corner. Some jobs yeah. it's better if you are a bit more curvaceous, especially now because everyone loves the beauty and the uh, and the bus and yeah. you don't necessarily have to have a tiny waist, but I do feel like that is something that could be pressured. But mm. if you a bit, got a bit more weight to you, you've got a bit more curve to you and it's going to work out well. Uh, but then some styles you might it might just be better if you were more trimmed down and I do find a lot of models do fluctuate and that's where it can be hard with their agency just the movement of your measurements mm. um, but in the um, full aspect of it all you could have a client come in and they're looking for the measurements that you are now so sometimes um, and it's getting pushed a lot more, you know, for models to just be like, this is what you are, like, that's fine. Um, it just can be really deterring if you um, are one size and a lot of models are getting jobs because they're a particular size. And that's just purely because of um, the fashion that's being, because you don't go into this brand and be like, I want to fit like all the brands. That's like, if you're going into say, like a department store like Maya, you're not going to work with all the brands. There's going to be some brands that are going to have a right cut and silhouette for you. Um, so that's what modeling's like. You either want a generic sort of shape that's going to work with all clothing, or you're just going to look amazing in particular clothes. Um, and that's probably what the brands are going to sell. And this is like another thing too, because that's going to go into how brands are advertising their clothing. Because um, obviously we've got a lot more plus size clothing coming in, so we've got a lot more um, jobs for plus size models, which is amazing. Um, but you've also got like women everywhere. There's no like one body type. There's so many different body types, and particular outfits and cuts look great on different body types. Um, and and it can be easy as a um, consumer to see like, oh, this model is a pear shape. I'm also a pear shape, but that is going to look great on me and I can tell because of how the model looks. Um, whereas what they try to do as well is they'll have someone that's quite petite, they're just going to fit everything um, and they can style it to make it fit. Like sometimes you've got, at, like behind her, she's like pinned up, so obviously that's not relaying to what the item actually looks like and how it's actually shaped but it looks good on her and she and if you see this model looking good in every single different style then you're going to be like <clears throat> well then I'm going to look good in every single style because she does as well and um, that's not necessarily the case so it can be really hard um, in, as a consumer that way but it could sell better for the brand so it's like back and forth between getting more models that are going to fill it out better and give a better representation of the clothing that they've made or try to market that way. So I feel like there is a bit of change in marketing um, and we do want to do a more service to consumer because everything's going online more. People are getting more information on the measurements of the items now, um, which wasn't very popular um, a few years ago where now maybe you see the exact measurements because everyone's selling purely online now. Um, so it it's funny how that reflects back onto 
uh, modeling. But that's just commercial modeling, so that doesn't even go into the <laughs> like editorial and and everything else that you've got going on. So it's a whole can of worms, really. Yeah, so. yeah, it is. Like, uh, yeah, get me started. I can talk about it <laughs> forever <laughs> and how it connects with everything else. But it's um not it's not a bad thing. It it's a um very good thing. And I think um if you are a model out there when you're listening, um it's the more that you put yourself out there, the more opportunities you can find and the more you'll find yourself kind of in those right place, right time positions. Because it'll get, I, like, I tend to get a lot of work because I've worked with a particular photographer and they might recommend me to another client. Like it can be just like that. Like it depends how they're working. Like it's not all agencies. Um, and I'm quite short as well. I'm 165 centimeters where cutoff for models is usually for low is quite, is like 170 usually it's like 172 175 so um that makes me like that 10 centimeters shorter than a cutoff for a minimum model um but i've still managed to pick up quite a few um professional jobs and i've even worked um on runways which uh if you told me i mean if you told me like 10 years ago i wouldn't even think I'd be a model but yeah like I would never think I would make it on runway um but it's great because if you've got on a runway like it makes sense why they want tall women um because it a runway flows better it's like dancing it flows better if everyone's around the same height right it, it there's always a reason as to why they've done something because this is the industry we're in it's it's for looks and how it's presented yeah um and you're a mannequin that's how it is um, but if you've got models that are all 165, you've got that chance to get that work. Um, and that's exactly what's happened. Um, and it's great. Uh, but some places don't care. They might have short, tall models. And if you kind of just lay it out in a way that looks nice, then it's going to work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's funny. <laughs> well, it's, it, no, it's definitely a great insight though. But uh, yeah, mm, I think it's mm. a, a good thing to bring up too, because I'm sure um, a lot of people want to get into modeling, especially now that it's such a uh, drastic change in the industry. And, yeah, uh, that yeah. Sort of leads to the uh, the next thing I wanted to ask you was uh, mm. when did you sort of when was your first big break? When did you sort of realize, oh, this is this is when I'm getting acknowledged, whether it be for like the cosplay aspect or yeah. the modeling aspect? Like, what what were the sort of key milestones that you sort of really thought okay I'm, I'm on the I'm on the planet now I'm on the yeah planet. yeah yeah <laughs> um I feel like uh personally I've always had like oh I wish I could do this and it's always been a small goal because I've never thought I would make it to the end if that makes sense I never thought I would get into modeling professionally and I always said that that's why I started getting tattoos because everyone's like but you're modeling but I'm like but I'm 165 centimeters it's like you know everything's against me um I don't really care, I'm just gonna look the way I look. Um, but what happened was, uh, for me personally, is when I started doing cosplay, um, I think my first cosplay was all right. Um, I had colored contacts um, and that sort of set off the look, um, but I redid the cosplay a few times and I didn't know how to maintain it. And um, obviously contacts only last so long. Uh, and I actually looked really funny and I was still learning how to wig style and everything and it actually took me a while. I, I 
when I look back, I'm like, oh my goodness, I look ridiculous. Um, and I started doing a few more different characters and I felt like I made a few mistakes on my first ones and I took all that in and practiced really hard and I really smashed out my next couple of cosplays and it got quite a bit of recognition um, in the community at the time. And I started to make more friends that were photographers and, and really just being friendly with everyone. Like you don't have to pretend to be friends with everyone, just making friends um, really gets you uh, in the door, you know. They, yeah, yeah, that's right. Just be genuine, honestly, like with everything. Um, because if you, if you're rude to someone, it's gonna get out there. You know, you're gonna get that bad karma, I suppose some people would say. But, um, just I was lucky enough to uh, make some friends that um, then led me on to their friends and. Um, they were photographers and, you know, they're photographers looking for models because they want their next break sort of thing. Um, and then I was able to work together with them and um, doing photo shoots was something that I thought would be really cool to do. I sort of um, did my own thing when I was um, in high school and creating my art pieces because I did um, art and product design technology. So I was making some costumes then. Um, and just getting my friends to help me take photos and we were doing vice versa and I was doing their makeup and um, so just kind of like making small connections and when they go off to university they make their friends and if you're lucky enough to be friends with their friends you know it kind of just like elaborates and if you all have the same interests too you are all working for a common goal so you all tend to work together um, but yeah I was lucky enough to meet uh, quite a few photographers and doing particular cosplays some people really like uh, that character um, you kind of become friends with them instantly because they have got an appreciation for the same character that you've got <laughs> yeah. um, so it's quite an easy way to make friends in the cosplay community in that sense but some people are like quite shy so um, I've always said if you're dressing up in a group it's a bit easier to get a bit more attention um, because people are like, oh, like, there's one of my favorite characters, oh, that's cool, like, I'm a bit shy. But if there's two of their favorite characters and they're like, oh, well, I've got to say hi, like, I've got to go take that photo because uh, they're both there, like, together sort of thing. Um, so that's, like, a strange self-advertisement as itself. But, yeah, leading to photographers uh, doing photo shoots was my first um, first goal and doing um, something outside of cosplay so as soon as I got asked I was like yeah I'm on it like let's sort this out um, made sure I was available um, I had a makeup artist um, beautiful friend Rachel um, and um, we did my first ever shoot and um, I'm not obsessed with the photos but I still really really like them yeah, um, uh, it's something that you look back fondly on yeah yeah That's the first big break yeah, exactly. And that was like one of my achievements sort of marked off and I was very happy. And then people saw the photos and they were like, oh, I'd love to work with you as well. And, I, and I'm like, oh, my God, I might have another photo shoot. Um, so then I started to um, do that and it went on and on. And um, uh, when I met my current partner, uh, his best friend was an incredible photographer. Uh, his name is Chris, Christian, Chris. And um, he took some amazing photos. I've got a gorgeous um, portrait for my portfolio. Um, and that was one of the last photos I had with brown hair, actually. <laughs> so it gets, um, 
<laughs> passed around quite a lot. Um, and just having the collection that I had from my previous photo shoots, um, I was able to apply for proper jobs. And um, now it's not a big deal, which um, is great because anyone can now like model and apply for professional jobs. All you need is body shots and it doesn't even have to be done by a professional photographer. Um, you just need a face shot with minimum makeup and uh, body shots where you're wearing uh, fitted clothing really. Um, you don't have to wear a bikini. I think sometimes um, that's a trend, trendy thing so people can see where if you've got tattoos and whatnot. Uh, but just fitted clothing so they can see your silhouette um, because obviously um, there's going to be a niche for particular styles so you know if they need a particular look or silhouette or um, if you do yeah that's right if you're doing fitness they're going to pick someone out that's a bit more toned um, perhaps so I mean usually they're pretty good it's you've got the sportswear on depends what it's for um, but you know anyone's going out being athletic doesn't matter how you look but um it, that's just how marketing is so um sometimes it can be better that way but you just need fitted clothing the agency can see what you look like uh and they'll pick you out depending on um what jobs they think that you can give you so if you get turned down for one agency um it's not another a big deal yeah be there's another agency and that agency that you first applied for, they probably won't have jobs that you're interested in doing anyway. Um, so just like keep moving about. But um, I also recommend, because um, I always say this to first starting models, is um, to join Facebook groups. Um, when I started doing hairdressing and makeup, we need uh, makeup and hairdressing models um, for, for assessments. So this can be a great way if you're struggling to find photographers, um, this is a great way for you to meet creatives and get your portfolio up at the same time because they're taking photos uh, for their uh, portfolios for their fast work. Um, so that's a really great way to um, get in as well. But um, that's sort of how I progressed further um, for myself because I met a whole lot of other photographers as well. I was working with hairdressers, I was working with makeup artists um, and we're all good friends because we're all studying together. Um, and then I started leading into um, getting uh, picked for more professional jobs and it's also because um, I, I also do dancing and I was dance teaching for a period of time, uh, quite a few people like four or five years and um, a lot of agency members that can also be dancers um, because that's another um, industry that works quite similar to models. Um, when you've got dancers they'll have like a performance they might want all the dancers to be blonde. Um, they might give you wigs but if they don't have the production value for it uh, they will just pick someone who works for the same like same look um, and this can go for height as well for dancing um, yeah. So when you meet dancers, they're also wanting to do modeling and that and they're running their agencies So you kind of like creating connections um, And getting work through each other. So it's a bit crazy But yeah, um, I my next goal after doing photo shoots was like it'd be cool if I ever made it to a magazine and that happened when uh, magazine and runway 
And I actually did runway first, which I thought was impossible, as I said before. Um, you said that you had a lot of first big breaks then. <laughs> uh, yeah, like I never thought um, you'd be able to do it, but I suppose you just keep working and see where your opportunities are and just apply for it. Um, yeah, and, and it is pretty funny when you're um, doing those sort of um, interviews as well um, for runway, because they get you to do a little walk in front of them to see how confident you are. <laughs> it's, like, it's the most bizarre thing. And, and I think in the back of your mind, um, people become very aware um, and you're just like, you're thinking in your head, like, is this, this is so cringy and like, oh my God, I'm just pretending to be one of those girls. And, um, you really have to get out of your head on that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the cringe. yeah, yeah. And, uh, so I was doing runway for hair modeling. I don't know if I clarified that. Um, that was, I first did it for, so I worked a lot for, with L'Oreal, L'Oreal Professional. Uh, so I did Matrix, I did Redken, uh, they had a show called um like color something um yeah i did quite a few of those um schwarzkopf is another big one that goes around um i haven't had the opportunity yet so hopefully in the future i'm hoping to do a bit more because from runway that's when i started i got picked up by a salon so i'm one of their um i suppose you'd call it like an ambassador for the salon um yeah so they do um i have for free they might pick me up for a particular event so i've been flown out to sydney a few times uh we'll do a show there um or you know melbourne's still a big spot there's still there's quite a few shows happening in melbourne uh, not at the moment obviously because of COVID. but <laughs> <laughs> uh it's kind of sad because i'm sitting back here and everyone else is still like doing the work so i'm like oh damn i feel like i'm a bit left behind but um that's all good. It's kind of nice to just be a bit more peace with myself and um, start creating projects. But um, anyway, sorry, back on topic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I keep moving away <laughs> from what I'm supposed to be talking about. Alright, if it's um, relevant, I'm not going to stop you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Good, good. Make sure you do. Um, but yeah, from there, so I got picked up from a salon, and the salons, uh, at this time I had shorter hair, and um, shorter hair was training in England, and uh, which is good. because. Um, being, because uh, I work in fashion currently, uh, I can see where all the trends are starting to hit from. And uh, England's uh, hair trends was trending. And this is like very structured, very crisp, uh, amazing technical work with hairdressing. Also, I'm starting as a hairdresser, so obviously that's where I get a bit more understanding. And I'm also learning as a hairdresser, being a model, it's incredible. Uh, <laughs> I'm very lucky. Um, so I saw that they're doing structured shortcuts. My hair is now short from doing quite a few hair shows. Um, so I was primed to be picked up uh, by a hair salon because it is hard to find girls that like having creative short haircuts. Uh, so the more chill you are, uh, the more opportunities you get. But at the same time, having short hair can also diminish a lot of other potential work where um, you know, you've got bohemian looks, uh, doesn't necessarily work if you've got a short structured look uh, that's trending in England. Um, and, and I was getting a lot of bohemian soft looks because I had uh, long, uh, curly and wavy brown hair. And now my hair is platinum blonde, uh, it's short um, and very structured. So that means I stopped getting those particular work, but then I started getting into different themes. So um, that was fun. And I also have a very diverse uh, portfolio because of that. 
Um, I felt somewhat uncomfortable having short hair. I'm so used to having longer hair and I feel like I do actually look uh, prettier with long hair. Um, so it can be a little bit of a kick in the face to your confidence as well, like I was saying before. Uh, but as a cosplayer too, I'm really interested in wigs and there's a lot of natural wigs and wigs are actually coming in. Um, again, they're becoming a lot more of a trend, a lot more um, socially acceptable to wear wigs. Um, not like when I was starting cosplay, it was quite different. Um, so at least you still have the opportunity to wear wigs for commercial work even um, if you're good at styling, which luckily I was doing hairdressing. So I've got a little bit of um, more, um, I suppose, talent under my belt yeah. for that. Um, so there is a way you can kind of cheat the system in that sense. Um, <laughs> and I also had previous, yeah, because a lot of people look at your previous work as well. And if you're not exploring and you're not changing your look, then you're never going to get um, different photos, if that makes sense. So, yeah, I got picked up by the salon. So I keep running away from this. Picked up by the salon, and that's when I started doing um, high professional photos uh, for their advertisement and for competitions. Competitions is like a big thing. And I'm working with. Um, like full-on fashion photographers and they are incredible very expensive so i would never be able to work with them myself uh, this is like tens of thousands of dollars and um these photographers are also leading in australia's fashion they're taking um a lot of magazine shots i worked with uh, david manor for example he it runs um oh my god i'm gonna hate myself for forgetting he has his own hair magazine. I'm just gonna have to look this up, I can't believe I forgot. I look at it all the time. Uh, he actually reached out to me on Instagram, and Instagram I get a lot of um, the journal magazine, that's right, the journal. And he does Australian Hair and Fashion Awards. Um, so that's exactly where the competitions are getting pushed, posted into. The photos get posted into that, that competition. Uh, and he's incredible and he, yeah, he actually messaged me first on Instagram because uh, a lot of hairdressers are getting into using Instagram and I, that's where I have a lot of my clientele. I have my um, portfolio Instagram with my professional shots and I also have my cosplay Instagram so I sort of keep them a little bit separate uh, but I do mix a little bit because I've got obviously my hairdressing and my makeup talent going into cosplay so sometimes I might post a little bit about uh, my work doing that in my portfolio page um, and I'll bring in some of my modeling stuff just to s split up a bit of my cosplay work. Um, I think a lot of people are still interested in that, hopefully, <laughs> otherwise I'm just posting it for my, my love, but that's alright. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he actually messaged me for potential work and I didn't get to work with him that time um, just because of uh, limits because I obviously live in Melbourne. They, if they're getting me to send out to Sydney, that means that they need to uh, pick my flights and uh, accommodation and travel. Uh, but I did get to actually work with him on my recent campaign shoot for Di Lorenzo. Um, which was quite different for me. I've never been like a brand ambassador. I have been, uh, sorry, <laughs> I keep jumping forward. But uh, when I was working at the hair salon and working with uh, Andrew Tools, an incredible photographer as well, um, I worked a lot with him. Those photos are uh, some of the best I will ever have in my portfolio, I believe. And they all got posted in magazines, and uh, which I never thought I would hit. 
and um, I actually got front cover for um, a big hairstyles um, magazine and that was posted. It's traditionally an Italian hairstyles magazine, but it does go um, international. And that was like, for me, that was like the biggest thing I've ever done in my life. Um, but they pick a lot of photos from uh, these competitions um, and do a lot of interviews with um, the hairdressers and it's amazing. And um, it is like a slow niche because it is hair modeling rather than fashion modeling. But um, it's just the most creative, um, inspiring work. And I feel like I am so lucky to be in that position. Um, it's something that I'm really passionate about. Uh, I mean, I love fashion. I'd love to, <laughs> I'd love to do more um, in fashion photography. And I have done a little bit. I can't say obviously too much. Um, there's potential that some of my fashion work might be um, submitted into magazines and accepted. Ooh, um, be yeah, yeah, it, it's hard because um, you might not necessarily make money off doing those publications. It's a little bit of an exposure thing. Um, but when you do, like, it's so rewarding. Uh, and it is kind of nice to have. Um, I'd never like, you know, I'd love to just be posted in a magazine to be fair, uh, but to get money back from that, it um, to everyday people, to your family, that kind of sets how well you're doing in your career, you know, it doesn't matter if you're going places, if you're not making money from it, what's the point? I guess a lot of people find that with um, like streaming and YouTube. Mm. You can have a big audience, but if you're not making anything, what's, what's the point of you doing it um, besides a hobby? Yeah. And I think a lot of people like forget um, about hobbies as well. Like you don't need to do it for a return. You do it for yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that's, I feel like that's what modeling is for me still. Um, that's why I started like getting tattoos and I like creating my own look. Uh, but a lot of the models I've been working with all have tattoos and I was like, nothing's going to stop me now. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely um, sort of a more, of, it's become more accepted. Like as yeah. the body, body positivity movement, it's definitely become more of a predominant thing yeah. in, the, in a lot of industries. Absolutely. We are so lucky in Melbourne. Um, I do know firsthand working in Sydney, um, it can be really hard having tattoos because they're a bit more corporate sort of styled. Even as a hairdresser, you need to cover up your tattoos. In Melbourne, it's like let it out. It's like, it's, it's literally like, yeah, it's literally our culture. Like, it's uh, such a good thing to have. It looks more creative. Um, people pick you out, you know, um, they want, like people come to me and they're like, wow, your hair's amazing. Like, you know, they think that I'm an incredible artist because my hair looks good. Like I've got, uh, good taste, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit more, uh, open and out there. And I think that is reflective of the culture. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, uh, it's great. I yeah. I guess you've sort of really already touched on it. Uh, a fair bit in that last talk, but um, what what I guess what would you ha if you had to choose uh, one thing about your like your career? Uh, what what is your favorite thing? Like what really stands out as something? Oh, my that... highlight sort of thing. Yeah, like the highlight of it. Like what I stands think... out? Yeah, oh, man, that's really hard. <laughs> I think it's um it's partially meeting other models. Um, and connecting with people um, from all over Australia or, or all over the world 
I think that's um, one of the most exciting things because um, when I go into new jobs and I recognize another model because I've seen them before, it's like, oh my God, like it's uh, so, it's so much more fun as well, but you get to meet more models, obviously. Um, but it's really exciting when you see someone from a different state to you yeah. working and seeing how well they're achieving as well. Um, because especially in hair modeling, we all sort of, uh, like hairdressers will come to us and be like, do you know anyone that, um, that would be a great hair model as well? And we can recommend our friends and it's so like rewarding to be able to give back to your friends like that. Um, we all help each other out. Um, I think that's been like just the greatest feeling, which is weird. Cause like, I always thought like the magazine would be like such a big thing for me, but, um, and, and traveling too, like I've been to Sydney a few times for photo shoots and um, it sound, it's like the best bragging, right? <laughs> but it's like so tiring. <laughs> it's just like after a while you can only be like, I've been to Sydney for modeling. You know? Yeah, yeah, they flew me out, I am like doing this. It is like, it is really exciting and, and it's good to pump yourself up that way. And it's um, not to be um, overconfident or cocky, but uh, it does sound really cool and it, and it feels, you get that feeling of um, somewhat acceptance and also like, yeah, you're doing a really good job. Mm. Um, but it's a mixture of working with models that I really admire and working with photographers that I really admire because, um, yeah, that's been like such a big thing, like working with uh, Andrew Rotor, he's such an incredible um, photographer and I didn't know about him until I started working with him. Um, and just getting to know him has been like amazing. Um, and I don't know him that personally, some models have been really fortunate to um, have a good relationship with him. But um, even he's recommended me to other um, other jobs and he's like, I like shooting Megan. And um, that's like the most flattering thing. <laughs> and yeah. Um, yeah, working with David Manor, he's um, so lovely. Um, and it was really great to finally meet him. And he is, um, I do follow a lot of the hairdressing world. So it is really exciting to meet someone who's, I suppose, a little bit of a celebrity. Uh, but we've also got uh, my friend, um, Shirley, and she's worked with um, George's Santoni. And he's an incredible photographer. And it relays back to my everyday life because um, I work for a cute clothing company. And he shoots a lot of their campaign, like a lot of their campaign. And it's so cool to be like, this photographer that I'm um, working for the company that uses him, and he works for a lot of other brands. Um, I might get him up just for example. But, um, um, but he's become like part of my everyday life where I see his work all the time. Um, and I've got friends that have shot with him and so I feel like I've got a bit more uh, foot in the door and I've got more connection yeah. to that and um, yeah I feel like it's kind of exciting so I guess the community aspect is what your favorite thing is about the modeling and like even for cosplay too yeah yeah I feel like it's just um, seeing everyone progress and being a part of it yeah, it definitely um, sounds like it's a, a big ha sort of happy family and uh, sometimes it isn't always portrayed as such, I suppose, yeah. especially in the media. It definitely gets sort of shoehorned that it's a bit cutthroat. Yeah, absolutely.
And I think like you you really have to push away from being part of any drama. I have had like a little bit of drama, but I didn't like feed into it, so it went away and it got resolved. And that's like the most important thing because you tend to um, work with people again. So <laughs> if they don't like you, they might be better friends with the photographer, and they could get you cut from the job. You know, like. <laughs> yes. It's a little bit uh, a little bit cutthroat in that aspect, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, just um, don't be a cunt, <laughs> as Australians would say. Yeah, in the most uh, sincerest form, just don't be a cunt. <laughs> yeah, just don't, don't do it. <laughs> I guess uh, in terms of uh, you know, you, you sort of say that um, there's this uh, community aspect where you uh, push each other to go better, be better, be stronger, do your best. Mm -hmm. uh, is there something that uh, motivates you to work hard in the modeling side or the cosplay side? Is this, uh, what sort of drives you to work hard for it? Yeah, definitely. Um, especially in cosplay too. Um, I mean, because I personally have a passion for um, styling and wanting to um, create but um, I'm also a massive procrastinator. It's so hard for me to start something. Um, and part, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so part of it is uh, what pushes me is like my friends. Um, they will be like, oh, let's like cosplay from this. And then it's like, well, I have to do it in that sort of frame, time frame because this is when they're going to do it. Um, that really pushes me to get it done, especially conventions, because I don't think I'd ever do it finish a cosplay if I didn't have a convention coming up because that's like your deadline to when you want it done yeah um but also um as much as Instagram can make you feel like you're not doing as good and um and I and I feel bad but I will admit this um I do look at a lot of my friends work in modeling and I get envious because I'm like oh I'd love to do that but I'm at the same time, I'm like fully supporting what they're doing and I absolutely love it. And I love that what they're doing is inspiring me to do more, um, yeah, not to do more, better. It's not really envy, I suppose it's more like a healthy rivalry. Yeah, sense. yeah, I'd say it's a health, healthy rivalry because I'm so um, inspired by them and I'm like, that's what I want to do, like that's where I want to be. Um, and so I want to work towards that achievement as well. Um, and, it, and it's kind of good because I, if I see them do it and then I'm like, okay, they've got experience, I can always go to them and talk to them about it. I think some people don't like sharing things and, and that's all right, I respect their, their boundaries. Um, but at least I can see them doing it firsthand and it also gives me more information on like, this is what people are interested in as well and I can see how well they kind of perform from doing it as well. Um, posing is like a big thing. Um, I think if anyone was to start modeling, the first thing you think is like, how do I pose? Uh, how can I look more interesting? Because sometimes you just go to a photo shoot and you realize you're doing generic posing and you've got like photos of you doing this pose um, a million times and you're like, I need something fresh and new. And I do see a lot of my friends sort of um, really getting creative and it's, you feel silly when you do it but if the photographer knows how to angle it and create that look it looks really good so it's a bit of trust that you build with that photographer um, and you have got to understand how they shoot and then you model and adapt to that 
Yeah. Um, so that really, really helps. But having mentors, because like I look up to my friends, so they're like my mentors. Um, but like especially in um, cosplay, like I really love. Um, where she's from but her name's Kamui I think it's pronounced Kamui and she even has her own Facebook group where um, people discuss uh, what they're doing and ask for help and everyone helps each other out and uh, Kamui creates her own um, tutorials and she has books on how she's um, created a lot of her cosplay and that really helps because you are trying to create this cosplay and you're just like okay I don't know the first thing about working with foam I don't know the first thing about working with warbler what the heck do I do um there's a lot of tutorials available uh or her books for example um that you can use to help you get your foot in the door and um start working on it um but you also see like it's it's hard because a lot of people want to do like I pick out a character because I'm interested in the way they look or what I'll need to do to do their costume. Um, some people really connect with the cosplay because of their personality. They're like I love the character. I feel like I can resonate with the character or the character is someone that I would love to be. Um, so they want to car- cosplay the character. Um, and some people be want to. Um, showcase their work more so they'll be like this character is currently trending if i quickly get out a um, cosplay of them it's going to create more traction for my page which is 100 percent true and a lot of people will uh get on the cosplay really quick um create a gorgeous photo uh, photographs and um get them out as fast as they can and uh, they will kind of be like symbolized a little bit for that character and it'll be shared around a lot more um, and they can get their work out faster that way. Um, some people think that's like, that's a bad thing to do, but like absolutely not. And if it's working, um, you know, everyone's allowed to have different reasons to cosplay a character. And I think that's a big thing in the cosplay community as well. A lot of people gatekeep, where they're like, oh no, you can't do that character. Or like, and that's the hardest thing, like among friends. Like, I used to hear it a lot. Like luckily I never experienced it. But someone will be like, I want to do this character. And their friend's like, oh yeah, I want to do that character too. And then they're like, how dare you? How dare you want to do the same character? <laughs> you know, and I think a lot of it does come from jealousy because it, if they think that their friend's going to do it better than them, they're going to get more attention. Um, they obviously wouldn't want their friend to do it. Um, and, you know, that's something that you just have to work out as friends. Um, yeah. and um, talk to each other about their feelings. Yeah, yeah. And like, even with the, the cosplay community, there's a lot of different genres. As I spoke about before, um, I've done a little bit of um, crossplay, uh, which is when you, um, as I'm a female, I dress as a male character. That's called crossplay. Uh, then you've got gender bent. Um, and that's when I'm um, got a male character and I turn it into a, uh, a female like version of that character and cosplay them. And then um, I think mean, there's so many, I'll get them a lot because um, I feel like they're so interesting. Yeah, that's you've so, got it definitely comes into all sorts of different uh, levels of the creativity in a sense it sort of all stems into it yeah yeah just and, being and like the base uh, cosplay absolutely and it can stir the pot people can get so upset about it <laughs> it's so <laughs> funny <laughs> 
Uh, but but it's all cosplay. That's the thing. Because like you've got uh, it's called. I'm pretty sure this is how you pronounce it. It's like Kijinka. And that's where you've got like a, um, maybe it's like a dog in a cosplay. Oh, sorry, in a um, anime um, or cartoon, and you dress up as their human form, which uh, is it's okay. not quite being um, a furry, which is like a totally another mixed pot. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> but it's a bit different. Uh, but you've also got. Um, I'm going to say this wrong. I think it's um, Anamege or um, uh, Kigurumi or Dollars. And this um, this creeped me out. <laughs> I'm just going to be completely honest when I first saw it. Um, but it's so cool. What it is is that they've got um, a face or like a head of the character that they're cosplaying. And they put it on their head. Like they've got like a mask on. Um, and they're called Dollars. Um, if you've seen it before, it's really, really interesting. And um, some of them are quite cute. So it's like a completely, it's like a fully formed like anime style head that they've got on top of their head and then they dress up as the character. Okay, I think I, yeah. I, I saw something very uh, vaguely similar to that hmm. um, when I was over in Japan. I was in like an adult store and they had like these like full-on anime heads that you could wear yeah uh, and yeah that that's was, it yeah that's it, it was very uh confronting because it was like yeah um you know even you see those photos of like cartoon characters like costumes and stuff like that and they've got the eye holes cut out and like yes into like the mask and you can see someone wearing the mask yeah yeah and, yeah, yeah. It's a bit like that. I was like, yeah, oh it is. It, it, I think it literally is like that. It, it's, <laughs> it's um, yeah, it's like it mixes between, and that's cosplay anyway. And uh, it mixes between kink and um, and dressing up. And I think um, that also can give such an interesting perspective. And um, sometimes you might get quite a few strange questions from the general public. Um, because they're not quite sure what it is and why it is you're doing what you're doing. <laughs> it's, well, it's very confronting. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's very confronting. I personally don't see... I think I've only met one dollar um, in Melbourne. Um, so it's not like a big sort of um, popular sort of thing out here that I'm aware of. Um, just in like going to conventions. But um, yeah, I have seen it a lot more online, so it's like quite interesting. And um, it can be quite controversial. Um, as I said, just like doing gender bent, or uh, another one is like the cosplay mash. So you've got like, a uh, big one is like princesses. They might do um, like mixed Marvel and princesses. So you've got like a princess Batman. Um, that was actually a big thing in Melbourne. Um, I, I can't remember the fella's name, but um, yeah, he had this incredible pink uh, ball gown dress and uh, pink Batman mask and walked around and people just loved it. Uh, but at the same time, some people kind of gatekeep their um, anime and um, they don't like the mashups between the two, so it can get really dramatic. Uh, personally, not being involved in it, I do think it's quite funny, but it's a bit sad because, you know, it's um, just people doing what they love, so <laughs> they shouldn't have to uh, deal with that sort of drama, but 
unfortunately, that's uh, what we do. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, <laughs> like, I don't think there's anything wrong with it, but uh, yeah, there's still a lot of... Uh... Oh yeah, absolutely not. Like, yeah, there's uh, still a bit of um, backlash, which is quite um, interesting too, because a lot of people talk about how uh, you've got um, generic sort of um, nerds or geeks, and um, they, in a general sense, will get bullied. Uh, but then within their own group, they bully each other, um, which I think is just a sort of a, sh a show on humanity and what we're kind of like as people. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but it can get quite intense. Um, but I feel like as cosplay is growing, uh, there's so much more acceptance in it. And this goes for um, racial diversity as well. Um, some people gatekeeping the way characters can look like. And personally, I do cosplay characters I feel that I tend to look like. But you only go so far because animation is just drawing. So you can look however, the, however you want to. <laughs> Um, but there has been issues with obviously racism where they don't want um, darker skin characters dressing up as lighter skin characters and vice versa but it does tend to be more of uh, a backlash for darker skin characters because there's already previous um, uh, racism uh, in their culture and personally as well that's a bit sad but as cosplay is growing I feel like they're a lot more accepting which has just been incredible um, and it's moved from such a niche thing to um, I mean everyone tends to and, and I know it's not so big in Australia but um, we tend to dress up for Halloween and so dressing up has become a lot more accept uh, acceptable um, and it's sort of a lot more celebrated as a creative outlet um, yeah, I think it's really great. A lot of there's so many talented people uh, with makeup, and, and that's another thing. Makeup's like getting so big on um, the internet, which is great. Um, the fashion, um, people making props. Um, it's sort of like old skills that we never used to have. You know, people kind of, you know, I mean, you wouldn't really have it for cosplay, like blacksmithing, um, only because, you know, you want your props to be very safe when you bring it into the convention area but just yeah. for photo shoots as well um people are using like old techniques that you wouldn't really have a reason like people don't really have reasons to build fake guns <laughs> yeah there's, <laughs> so like... many, there's so many that prop ones that you can get now mm. yeah it's great yeah and i think it's um just kind of shows how like more creative um, our community is willing to be and yeah. um, I feel like we're celebrating it a lot more. Yeah, it's really good Yeah, well, I know we were just talking about all the positives, but now I sort of want to talk about um, Some negatives I guess. Yeah <laughs> okay. Yeah, 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 um, I guess uh, whether it be the cosplay side. I mean you hear it all the time. There's always like uh, you know people that are doing the wrong thing with cosplay Mm. I think one of the biggest uh, things that I remember recently was uh, that Momoku incident. Oh yes, was, yes, like, absolutely. Up, up the cosplayers, um, and then on the modeling side, there's the you know, not that it happens a lot now, but a lot of uh, models being told they need to eat less, to, uh, be more malnourished uh, to get the the sort to of get the things. work. 
Yeah, yeah. so uh, what is your sort of biggest complaints about uh, like the cosplay or the modeling or both? Um, I feel like um, people can really, I think people forget as well. So the problem within um, modeling is that um, for some models, this is like their full time job. So when someone's telling them they need to lose weight to have their job, um, it's very confronting. Mm. Where uh, cosplay, as as much as it, as it is can, and can be a job, um, it's um, probably not as confronting. Uh, but there's still a lot of online hate, and I think you get a lot more online hate with cosplay as opposed to um, modeling in a broad sense. Yeah, because uh, modeling is uh, sort of. Uh, the issues stem from the industry rather than mm. with cosplay it stems rather from than the, the audience yeah yeah, so. yeah and when you're credited with modeling usually uh, for personally especially for magazines my name's not usually there it's just my image that's there that's like my credit um, so I'm sort of removed from it um, except for in the industry where I'm getting more work, which is amazing. I'd probably prefer it like that. Where um, cosplay is a, it's completely them. Um, and I've done a few like Facebook competitions and um, received my fair share of hate. And sometimes when you message someone back and you're just really polite, they're like, oh, I I'm sorry, I didn't mean to like hate on you. I was just drunk or something. And like, you know, some people <laughs> tend to backflip. I've literally had a, it's very funny. You're just like, oh, okay, thanks. Like, <laughs> play it off. Um, but, um, yeah, it's really interesting, like, in modeling. And I, it's so funny. I read it this morning and I was like, I need to, it was like, just as I woke up, I need to, like, read it out to Pat as well. <laughs> and this is literally posted today it's nothing that's old it's from a photographer and it's a consent form now this is a big thing um, in modeling especially in between um, amateur and professional and you do get um, forms obviously for professional these are contracts uh, and usually they're sorted through an agency um, but this consent form was given to a model and it is just beyond um, you would You'd never think it was real if I didn't tell you. Um, go for it. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm used to be, like, baffled. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, a little bit of backstory. Um, there's has been, uh, obviously, issues and what puts you vulnerable as a model is um, photographers' contact with you. Um, it's become a lot more... Um, known that photographers shouldn't touch and should just verbalize what they need um personally if i've got a somewhat friendship with a photographer i don't mind if they're adjusting my shoulder adjusting my face that's fine obviously it'd be inappropriate for them to touch my um private areas <laughs> that's a bit like <laughs> it's like you don't fun. need to move my boob kind of thing um yeah that would be very <laughs> absurd um, I guess if they're grabbing your hips to move your hips, it's just so much easier. They, for photographers, if they're in front of me, 
they move themselves and I just mimic what they're doing. So if they need to touch me, obviously it's somewhat inappropriate and there might be alternative motives. Anyway, I'll read this consent form. Um, I'll just get into the nitty gritty bit because it's quite long. Uh, but it starts off being uh, a waiver for uh, the photographer to have full rights of the photo, which is generalized anyway. If you're doing a photo shoot, you need to understand that the images are solely owned by the photographer, even though you are in that image. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and if there's any issues and you're unsure about anything, you need to make a contract to save yourself um, for from those images. And there's also that expectation, and I hear it a lot, and I don't personally, I don't understand why, but they want the raw, unedited photos. And I get that if the photographer's not a great editor and you feel like you would love to send these out to a retoucher, you need to be very verbal about that before you've done the photos. Um, yeah. Or just ask politely, just be polite to the photographer. They tend to be quite easy, but the photos are the photographer's work. So yeah. uh, personally, I don't really want unedited photos. I don't really care for them. Um, you're not allowed to really post them. They should never be posted. And they're not the final work of the photographer's work. So if you're posting raw images, it's done by the photographer and it can make them look bad if they're not edited in a style that makes them um, happy. So this is like talking about color balance, not necessarily filters. Um, and they're just a waste of space because raw, uh, raw files of photos are very large. Um, there's, they're really unnecessary. Um, so photographers have like a full right to the photos uh, and that's pretty much what the wave was talking about which he doesn't really need to go into but it's fair enough to be very upfront about it but then <laughs> but then it goes into so I'll start with these key points so number one uh, this is I also consent and allow the photographer to do the following so number one to present if he desires to be well signed preparing for any and all of the photo shoot if I need help that will that I will ask and or allow for the, the photographer to assist in any and all ways the photographer desires to help. Number two. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Number two. The, um, what? To equitably consent to allow and agree for the photographer to touch me anywhere on my person he needs and or wishes to so as to ascertain the best possible pose. Number three, number it gets worse. <laughs> number three, to accept and acknowledge that there are many, there may be times of sexual arousal by either or both parties. And so I understand and allow that if the desire for me to touch the photographer or to be touched by the photographer occurs, that will be permitted by both parties. Number four, <laughs> there's six of these, number four, to equitably agree, am I saying that right, equitably, equitably uh, agree, is it, is it an E or an A, E, yeah, equitably, equitably, yeah, yeah. agree to participate in any sexual activity if I am asked as long as I feel comfortable to proceed to do so, which is just the most strangest sentence I've ever read because it's like you are consenting and allowing this is what it's supposed to be under but then it's like if I feel comfortable to proceed so you can't really like <laughs> anyway and it goes on <laughs> wow 
and that's an actual form someone received. Yeah, yeah. So it goes on. This is like, I think one of my favorite. To agree, accept, and confirm that I take full responsibility of my participation and action in any of any and all activities that may occur that include myself and all the photographer, including but not limited to all types of touching any part of each other's bodies. And then it finishes off with to approve and agree to participate in all advised activities suggested by myself or the photographer. So it went from consenting for um, photo use and material use to becoming a consent form for sex. Oh my god. It's almost like it's just like also at the end like also yeah. consent to cleaning the casting couch afterwards. Yeah, exactly. Wow. That's, and, and... that's very... Um, you weren't kidding. It's very... No. Wow. <laughs> I'm just really <laughs> gobsmacked by that. I mean, personally, if I got that, uh, as much as I'm disgusted, I would be grateful that I could see the pure intentions. No one can dispute. <laughs> no one can dispute this. I think, I think, like, the, I think the, if that was something that was presented to me, it would, I would go about it two ways. Like, mm. it would be, one, he's, like, given his intention, cool, like, now I know if he tries mm. anything, I'll just say I don't consent. Yeah. You know, like I'll just say I'm not comfortable, and then you know, obviously it's already red flags that it's already there. But like, yeah, I mean, was... you just leave. You just hand it over yeah. to the police and yeah, exactly. <laughs> dust um, your hands. And then the second one, which is yeah, just turn around and be like, nah, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, I'm gone. I'm not even that's, there. That's I so I mean, you'd up. If you see anything in a contract as well, you are allowed to scribble it out and not agree to it. And it's up to the it's up to the party to refute it, whether they want to work with you or not. If you're not happy about a particular thing, that's where you need to organize and, and don't feel like you won't get any opportunities. Um, yeah. Because I remember um, the first time I was asked to photo to shoot in a proper photo shoot studio that was owned by a photographer it was so exciting and I was like I'm never gonna have this opportunity well like I mean I that was so wrong <laughs> I totally did have the opportunity and and I do encourage people to take any opportunities they get it's um incredible to try and uh, you learn so much from um, other creatives but if you feel uncomfortable don't feel like you need to go. Um, I also need to push that um, cosplay or modeling. Uh, always try to have someone there with you that will support you and um, can kind of look out for you. Um, yeah. Whether you're a male or female model, it's just you're, you're stronger in numbers. <laughs> and you should always be allowed to bring one person along. I understand some photographers don't feel comfortable shooting in front of other people, but generally um, you should be able to have someone there with you to... Um, give you some peace, and if the photographer's not okay with that, then maybe they're not right for you. Yeah, and it's all about mixing and matching and finding what works. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah so just I, make I, sense. I, I don't think that really answered the question, though. Oh, sorry. <laughs> That's all right. It's definitely interesting, but uh, um, yeah, I guess what would, just going back to the question, uh, what's the complaint? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Wow. 
<laughs> I mean, I mean, for that particularly would be like um, being in those situations. But um, um, I'm trying to think. I know what we were on, but I can't remember what discussion we were supposed to be talking about. Because it, it's to... about the negatives, isn't it? And I yeah. think we brought up. Um, I guess if we were to take from what you just brought up, though, I guess the uh, the one of the complaints would be the manipulation that you can face and experience. Yeah, absolutely. All the, the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Especially yeah. if you have low confidence, um, people can totally easily manipulate you, make you think that it's normal, make you think that it's a good thing, but when it's completely different, don't be afraid to branch out to the community too. If you feel like you're getting in this sort of position, um, yeah, well, yeah, that's like, always a support network. Yeah, that's right. And people will look after you and look out for you. Um, and that's a good way to make friends and actually, you know, work with some decent people for once. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, you're, <laughs> for once. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've been in interesting positions. Um, I've done paid photo shoots where I've done implied nude. So um, I'll be covered by something and. Um, I necessarily won't have to have my brow off, but it'll look like I'll have my brow off sort of thing. And I have had a photographer take shots and then be like, oh, I want to insert myself into the photo, which I've been like, no, that's not right. Uh, and it's yeah. not. <laughs> you want to shut down all uh, possibilities of um, anything going further. And it could have just been a um, an innocent thing to ask. Yeah. Um, but you need to be true to yourself in what's comfortable and don't feel like um, you need to comply to it. Otherwise, they're going to give you a bad rep and um, say bad things about you because people know the truth. Um, if, a, if a photographer is creepy, and, and I feel like it is hard for photographers because if um, someone does lie about their experience with them, it can really put them in a bad situation. Um, so you do have to be really careful of who you're asking to work with. Um, in, in that sort of sense, because it does happen. Yeah, like I've had um, people tend to share their messages with uh, photographers, and if they think there's red flags, they will share it. Um, and there's been times where um, it's been the opposite, where the model has been extremely inappropriate, and what they're complaining about is purely drama and nothing um, of concern. Um, rather than just to um, make the photographer look bad because they didn't get what they want. Um, so it's it's not like models are always believed over photographers, that's not true. Um, just, you know, you've got to protect yourself though. Um, if you feel uncomfortable, um, it's, it's kind of like every day though, like, um, like in everyday situations, if someone's um, harassing you, you know, get out your phone, start recording them. Just have that there to protect yourself legally as well. Yeah. Um, because it, it can get really tricky. But, um, I mean, I've been modelling for a long time. I've been really fortunate not to be in anything um, too strange. <laughs> not to be in those situations. Um, you just have to be very aware. Um, and if you feel like you're the kind of person that's not um, aware, this is in cosplay and modelling, of course, absolutely. Um, you need to be careful of that. And um, as a photographer, too, um, because this is a big thing, and Momocon has also done this, 
Um, she has sexualized a child character. Oh yeah, and I think and that's always a big concern with that. Yeah, that's becoming a lot more socially aware as well. And um, if you're doing like a grown-up version and then sexualizing it, you know, there's like a bit of a um, border. Some people see that as inappropriate still or more appropriate. Um, but as a photographer, you need to be aware of wh wh who you're actually sh photographing. Because if you didn't realize that this character is a baby and she's gotten on all fours and um, doing some inappropriate things for a character that should be a child, um, you're setting yeah. yeah, you're setting out on a niche and you're going to be a part of that. And if you just didn't know, you know, that can be cause a lot of trouble for you for no reason. Yeah, so you've just always got to be careful. Be yeah. <laughs> That's right. Always know no, what get, you're doing. Yeah, please know what you're doing, guys. Don't get yourself yeah. in trouble. <laughs> uh, so, moving away from the negatives, uh, mm. let's uh, let's talk about... I think you've already sort of mentioned it. Uh, it well, it was previously mentioned. Um, your proudest accomplishment. Uh, so, obviously, you talked about aspirations of getting into a magazine. Um, mm going on the runway is there something at the moment that you sort of picked out as your proudest accomplishment um might be i feel like i need to think about what i've done <laughs> um i would say actually no it definitely is it was um uh, we did the shooting for it last year and it got posted up just before covid hit melbourne uh and that was my campaign for di lorenzo um, so this is like, De Lorenzo is an Australian hair brand for those that don't know. Um, they're probably popular in my opinion for their coloured shampoos. Um, I love like, I, I have so many of their coloured shampoos, uh, especially working as uh, a freelance hairdresser. Um, it's something that I've always like really admired and they're an Australian brand. Uh, their head office is in Sydney. And um, I was lucky enough to be part of their um, campaign for this year's uh, autumn and winter. Um, so that's just finished, but I'm still on their website. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, they flew me out to Sydney. Uh, they paid for a place for me to stay. I was with all the other, uh, a lot of other models. They were from Brisbane and um, I think they were just from Brisbane, <laughs> Brisbane and Melbourne. And uh, there was a few Sydney girls. Obviously, they didn't need accommodations. So I was just staying with the girls from international, uh, from the states. Um, and um, we all went to prep together, uh, got our hair done, and then we all went out. And um, obviously, you still need to look refreshed for the morning. That we went out and um, did some karaoke and had dinner together and it was such a great bonding experience and it was so fun and then we went back to our apartment and um and we had like a room each so it was like felt really bougie and then the next day uh we went down to the studio and shot our shots and filmed um their little advertisement and um, just to be able to represent an Australian hair brand um, has just, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's nothing that I ever thought I could accomplish. <laughs> so it really blew me away. Like I thought um, magazines was like my biggest um, goal and I'd love to do, um, be publishing more magazines, absolutely. 
uh, but just being able to be a face of an Australian brand, especially in hair, um, that was everything that I could ever dream of. And, and it, it's, it's really funny because it's like, if I did this, like, I just feel so happy. And, and when you hit it, you're just like, oh, I want to do more. Like, <laughs> I want to be a part of more things. Um, so it does push you to um, keep going, I suppose. But um, that's definitely one of my best things. I love the crew. The um, De Lorenzo team were amazing to work with. And, and I was shooting with David Manor as well, as I spoke about before. It was great to meet him finally. And um, they um, did a few different hairstyles. It was hard work. Um, it really was. Um, the styling team was incredible. Um, the makeup artists were so nice and they were fabulous. Um, I should look them up because they're... I'll get them up. They were so nice. So, um, just... so we have, um, I think his name's Pablo. He's Pab, yeah, Pablo. Um, his name on Instagram's um, Pab's Artist. And I don't know if I have his assistant. Yeah, just an incredible um, makeup artist and a male as well, which um, some people do find that females tend to dominate uh, makeup artistry. Um, but yeah, there's some incredible male makeup artists. And we had two on set and it was just like so fun um, to be able to um, see them create um, different looks on all of us. Um, yeah, and we got some incredible shots and then they get posted up on the website and posted around, they got posters and um, they've got their little videos that they put up and um, yeah, it was cool to be part of um, doing a little bit more filming. As I said, I'm yeah. pretty like comfortable in acting so it's good to just get more experience. <laughs> I don't look like a little potato in front of the camera, uh, in front of the film camera and like really know how to work in front of a, <laughs> a yeah, photo. Definitely adds more to your uh, very diverse belt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. I just want to be able to be good at everything. <laughs> it's not bad. All right, so we're into our last sort of uh, uh, sort of questions. Uh, these are more to do with, uh, I guess, the modeling side because uh, I guess they could do the cosplay Bit of as well. Uh, but yeah, I guess if you had to choose uh, a stigma for each uh, that you hear about modeling or cosplay, um, is there something that really sticks out that you want to uh, explain or clear up that sort of, when you hear it from someone else, bothers you? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, the biggest thing for, um, for modeling and I think I, I have spoken about it. I, I think it's just that models um, are always pretty and that's yeah. just not true. Um, I think it's sort of changing now anyway. With the, yeah, like, definitely. Like we said before, like, like for example, the first uh, model that comes to mind that's sort of um, really making strides in the changes for body positivity is uh, Stefania. Uh, but her uh, handle on Instagram is uh, Stefania Model. She's done a lot of stuff for bras and things and whatnot, especially for the uh, more. Oh yes, I know items. exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, she's beautiful. Yeah, uh, but yeah, like it, 
that's sort of I think that's not really much of a stigma anymore because it's uh it's really starting to change like that perception of like what what you look like you don't have to look uh fantastic or you don't have to look like a tweet you don't yeah you don't have to look like uh the generic societal uh opinion of what's beauty and and i do think she actually does fit it especially now it's kind of more trending uh to be um thick like t-h-i-c-c <laughs> um and and i always say this to a lot of my clients because um, i work in fashion as a stylist um just because you feel uh like your body isn't hitting um beauty standards our standards in beauty and what the popular body shape is has changed so much um when i was really young i suppose uh like the petite frame was very popular you know you probably have a big bust but you've got no bum and now it's everyone's about the booty so like <laughs> you i always tell my ladies i'm like you just wait like five years and your body type will probably be what's trending again do you know what i mean so it's honestly um and and that's what happens with models too i'm like just because your body's changed there's still going to be other opportunities and, and sometimes it's a good thing because you get to try something different like you're going to get sick of doing the same thing over and over yeah you get and, to build your um, yeah 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 but yeah like we've got uh models like madeline stewart she has down syndrome and she's been um appeared on new york fashion week um she's worked walked in paris um london um dubai russian she did mercedes-benz fashion week in china um so she's done so much work and for someone who uh, is representing uh, also people with down syndrome too it's like crazy um and there's a lot of people that don't fit society's uh, beauty standards um I'm always scared to say people because I'm going to like butcher their names. But you've also got like Malene um, Gaydos. Um, she's, um, she was born with ectodermal um, dysplasia, um, which is a condition that makes um, like her pores, teeth, nails, um, and her small bones form abnormally. So she's got a very unique face, which is honestly perfect for photography. Um, it's It can look really high-end, um, really avant-garde. She is really striking because of um, her condition. Um, and that's kind of something that we're all celebrating a lot more now where in the past, you know, you'd be like, oh, that person looks like a freak. They look scary because they look different to everyone, uh, where it's a lot more celebrated now and accepted and seen as beautiful, which is really touching um, because it is. That's exactly what it is. Um, and um, and you've got a lot of vertigo um, models now. Um, and, and not only does it um, create a stigma where these people are to be accepted more, but it also raises awareness for those conditions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's um, yeah, it's, it's really touching how um, those changes are really sort of becoming. Yeah, and, and it creates activism as well um, within our community, and um, and yeah, you, we do see that a lot more. And I think people are trying to create different ways to introduce, and especially towards young children as well. Um, 
if they see it as a, uh, acceptable, um, then they're going to grow up knowing that it's okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's so powerful. And yeah. um, the fact that we've moved from being like, uh, women need to be anorexic, tall and skinny, um, to um, accepting everybody for the way that they look, um, yeah, it's such a powerful thing. Um, and and modeling is what it is. Um, it is um, the way you look. It's sort of a superficial sort of um, job in a sense. Um, but there's so much more to modeling and so much more creativity that um, allows you to. Um, I'm gonna say I'm a lot. Allows you to do so much more and so much. Um, and especially, it's crazy, especially that we've got OnlyFans. Um, um, people are and people are buying more into art and prints. And it yeah. really depends how your um, economy is going as well, um, where people can put their money into um, yeah. and where people find that joy from. Um, that's where they're going to put their money in. So I feel like, because um, obviously you've got sports, sports such a big thing. Um, because of the audience. So as we like create more audience for art and um, avant-garde fashion and uh, prints, like um, OnlyFans is selling like prints and uh, videos, obviously. Uh, when you've got that audience, you'd be able to explore more into it and do more and produce more. Yeah. Um, and it, there's a bit of tactics in it, you know, like getting popular. That's what will help drive your um, company, your brand, your business, whatever it is. Mm. Um, but there's more, a lot more opportunity to do that, um, especially through online because you can connect to a lot of people and you can create your audience. Yeah, and I mean, like, if it's working on the black market and people are selling their breast milk <laughs> for kings, you know, you can make a business anywhere. You just need to find your audience. <laughs> Exactly. Everyone's got. There's no excuse now. Yeah, That's right. Okay. Uh, with the uh, cosplay, was there something the stigma based in the cosplay side that sort of? Uh, no. Yeah. 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 That's right. I completely like lost round. That's all right. I'll try and keep you on track now. <laughs> yeah. 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 I know. I think you have been helping me flow down the right path. Uh, yeah. Cosplay. Um, definitely. It's a mixture of people assuming it's like a kink thing or it's a childish thing, um, especially anime. Because I'm like, look, if you don't like anime, you just haven't found the right anime for you because it's such a broad thing. Like every, okay, not everyone, but everybody loves Futurama and Simpsons and uh, the Flintstones. You know, there's a cartoon that um, someone will resonate with, usually, like 98%, I'd say. <laughs> yeah. um, and it's the same with anime. Uh, anime does have a lot of um, sexual uh, innuendos and connotations. Um, That's just from the culture, though. That it totally is, and um, it's totally about understanding more in Japanese, and it's not in every anime. Uh, sometimes it is just thrown into an anime that had absolutely no. Um, because that's the thing, I can't um, criticize too much because I feel like some of the stigma is totally true to a point. <laughs> well then what's the stigma that sort of isn't really true or sort of doesn't 
doesn't Yeah, really... that's what I'm trying to figure out. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, because I feel like a lot of the sigmas are just uh, more extreme views. Just because they're true doesn't mean it applies to everybody, I suppose. Mm. Um, because we... Yeah, I mean, I can elaborate into why I have that opinion, but I feel like that's not <laughs> that's not even the question. <laughs> um, I could, I just don't need to think of like one truth, like one stigma that's just not true. Because no, I feel if like you, I, if you can't think of one, right yeah, now, like I'll come back later. But that, yeah, don't stress about it if you can't think about it now. I feel like um, like there'd be something, but I just can't think of. I'm sure there'd be something. <laughs> But uh, I guess this one's more towards the modeling side. This is the uh, last easy question I'll ask you. Uh, is, is there any industry standards in particular for modeling that you think need to be changed in your opinion? Yeah, I mean, I would say, personally because I'm affected by it, <laughs> but I would say the height. Um, and now I do understand that um, because models are purely picked by the way they look. Um, height is totally something that makes sense because it's something that you can't control. Mm. But in a lot of commercial work, so you're working with clothing brands for photos, you're not doing anything in person. Uh, you can't see how tall you are. Um, and it's more about your body proportions than um, how tall you actually are because yeah. shorter models do get picked for working in commercial jobs. But when you're applying for agencies, they don't want um, shorter people. And this isn't necessarily the agency's fault. It's literally because their clients aren't going to hire those people because they're looking for a certain height. Um, when you're working for a commercial... Hurting too. Mm. Um, a lot of <laughs> a lot of women aren't uh, tall as well. You know? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So... See, I'm still taller than average height and I'm 165 centimeters. So, uh, but but the same thing goes for men as well. Uh, you need to be at least six foot uh, for most cases. Um, mm. but, like there's still a height requirement. But when you're working in a commercial stance, you're working in a, um, a photo studio, you don't really need height. We can always put you in tall shoes if they need. Like, and that's what's happened to me on runways. They put me in the tallest shoes they could find. Oh, <laughs> mm. uh, and it works. As long yeah. as you don't break your ankle, but um, yeah, don't break your ankle, don't fall, you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I would definitely say um, height can really limit things when um, it's not necessary. Yeah, I'm sure so. it's something that will change. Like, hmm. if we're having already changes with the body positivity and whatnot, I definitely think that height is definitely around the corner of being changed. Yeah, yeah. And it is, uh, it's such a back and forth thing because, um, like, I do see short models getting picked um, because sometimes they do say how tall the models are um, with the clothing brand uh, under the description. And I'm just like, whoa, how did they get that job? And I understand that, like, partially it is just who you know. Sometimes you can, like, I've almost, I've worked with a couple of companies because I've just been friends with someone in the higher up. Um, so that could just be the case. Um, or they could be part of the team, they could be part of the brand somewhere, they could be working in head office and they ask her to model. Um, but it's it's a mixture of, um, obviously you want it to 
like everyone sort of wants it to be a niche like hard to find to get in to get those jobs because that way that model that's working they can continuously keep getting work because if it's open to everyone it's really hard to keep getting jobs when you're competing against everybody else um because you don't it's it's only up to what you've done um and some people don't really care about experience so um that means that you could be a really experienced model but um you could have like such a long period of time where you're never picked to do jobs um and i think that's where you need to make industry connections but i feel like if everything's so broad um maybe it would be really hard to be an ongoing model because it'd just be hard to get work because like, you're competing against everyone all the time but um that's just a thought <laughs> maybe it stayed that way because it's um easy to be a full-time model or, um, i mean i think for the for the greater good it needs to change but um maybe there is a reason why it's so like tight-knit yeah that's not i mean it's not always bad but it <laughs> changes that's always right. good. yeah yeah Alright, are you ready for the last two questions? Yeah, hit me. <laughs> right. now, these ones are going to be a lot tougher. I know that a few of them have been uh, pretty, <laughs> pretty uh, a bit hard, to, but these ones that I promise you are going to be the hardest questions you'll have to answer all day. Oh my god. Are you ready? <laughs> yeah. What number would you pick between 1 and 10? <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> That'd be so silly. Uh, I picked 2. You think too? Yeah. Is that your final answer? Yeah. It's a bad All answer, right. isn't it? Have you ever had a nickname and what is it? Uh yeah, I've had a few. Uh at the moment, uh especially with you Pat, it's Meg and that's really caught on. <laughs> Cause Meg um I'm I feel like because I'm a Megan, I'm not really like a Meg. But Meg yeah. became like um it's like a meme. It's like a meme nickname because of Family Guy. <laughs> yeah. And then it's it, it created its own context with the nickname because people be like, "Oh Meg," like it was like a "Oh Meg" or "Yo Meg." Like it was a bit of a meme um, if yeah. people are addressing me like casually. Um, yeah. If it's a bit of a funny thing, it'd be like Meg. Otherwise, it's like Megan or Meeks or um, I get Miggy as well, and that's like partially from my partner. But uh, a lot of people know exactly what it is. It's um, Parasite, which is a popular anime. Yeah. Um, the Parasite's on the the, uh, the character's name is Sunichi, and it's on his right hand. So he calls uh, the Parasite Migi, because uh, Migi means right. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of just like caught on. So I get Migi, um, Meg, Migs, Miginu, whatever works. Yeah. yeah, I think that's not that interesting. But. <laughs> yeah, Meg. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I've really grown to being called Meg now. It's pretty funny. Yeah, I, it, <laughs> you're right though because it, your name is spelled M-E-A-G-A-N, not yeah, M-E-G-E-N right. or mm. however they spell it. Oh, so yeah. It's always, yeah, that's right. It's always sort of like uh, I think when I sort of was calling you Meg, uh, yes, it was like the Family Guy aspect of it, but it's also uh, I guess a reflection of you in terms mm. of you're always outgoing, you're always got that uh, <laughs> conflict oh, so of nice. interest uh, in a sense, you know, you're always uh, sort of strive to do what uh, the impossible, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. I always think 
I'd always try to think outside the box you. and thanks. Yeah. That's actually really, really nice. <laughs> yeah. Like that's why like when I say, Oh, it's Meg, you know, and you'll call me Greg because like, Yeah, I call him Greg because it uh <laughs> Meg. <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, and that's I think that's when I when I do say it, it's like a like a friendship affection, in a sense. Absolutely. Like, yeah, like, it definitely is. Like it's like ah, oh, classic Meg, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, and Meg Megrets, that's a Meg-ret. big thing. <laughs> like Meg-ret. people just come up with it themselves. Like I don't know why it must be. Because <laughs> I'll be like, oh, contagious. regret. And they're like, no, it's Megrets. Everyone has Megrets. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you coming for coming on today, uh, Megan. Not me. thanks for having me, Pat. <laughs> uh, no, it's been really fun. And your dude team. Really... <laughs> <laughs> uh, you'll hopefully, when the restrictions ease up, we'll be able to have you on as our model for some of our clothing. Absolutely. Uh, good. Um, now, is there anything you wanted to plug? Is there anything you're working on that you want people to be aware of? Obviously, you've got your accounts that we will. Uh, be linking in our description so people yeah absolutely yeah get on the instagrams that's like the biggest thing i know everyone's on tiktok now but get on the instagram mini underscore chats or my portfolio's new dot chateau um and that way you can also find a lot of the creatives i've been working with if you could all support them that'd be amazing i think i post a lot um yeah support pat Yo dude such is doing such an incredible job and in like bringing out amazing fashion wear for everybody and um, being able to talk to the community which is really important and that's what we should be celebrating and supporting um, especially as Melbournians <laughs> and Australians and just as people so I'm hoping to get more than just Melbournians it's nice to have yeah 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 absolutely um, I just uh, mean that that loyalty is uh, of you being a Melbourneian. <laughs> <laughs> we just do it better in Melbourne. <laughs> That's right. We're we're in a hard time at the moment, so uh, we need to support um, all our local businesses, and uh, I think everyone should do that anyway. It's not. I, I had a discussion. It's not too patriotic, but it's um, to help the people in our community, and, and um, that's yeah. important. Exactly. Well, yeah. there you go, guys. <laughs> at first, uh, you can find her uh, on the uh, links below. Uh, next time, we will have a secret guest, uh, and that will be up next week. Thanks for joining in, guys. <laughs>